Hello there, I'm George Hall, and welcome to another episode of the Good Growth Podcast. I'm joined today by CEO of LK Bennett and Chairman of Good Growth, Darren Topp. As previous listeners will know, this isn't Darren's first time on the Good Growth Podcast, and it's actually a previous appearance that we're here to discuss. But firstly, Darren, thank you very much for joining us. How are you? I'm very well, George. Thank you for having me on again. I'm a little nervous and tentative about what I predicted a year ago, so let's see. I can't remember now. Perfect. Well, as we both alluded to there, it's a previous appearance on the podcast that we're here to discuss, uh, and in particular one from the start of this year. So in January 2022, Darren joined our previous host, Dan Kendall, and also Global Operations Director at Fatface, Mark Wright, where some predictions were made by Darren and Mark as to what 2022 would look like for businesses and consumers. Um, Darren, you you said then you remember uh, doing that podcast. Do you remember what your predictions were? Oh, don't. What what is good though is Mark and I still in work. <laughs> this is true, so it it can't have been that bad, right? It couldn't have been completely useless. Well, it seems a bit of a cop out to use the word unprecedented, as it seems to be the buzzword of the decade. But 2022 hasn't been without its unprecedented moments, despite a return to some more normality in the last couple of years. Darren, firstly, how's 2022 been for you, and and how's it been for LK Bennett? So, um. I mean, it's really been a year of two halves in a way, um, to use a football analogy during the World Cup. <laughs> um, so for LK Bennett in particular, we had a very strong first half, in part, George, because of the pent-up demand for weddings and events that had not occurred during COVID. Sure. Which meant that you know people rushed back and, bought new dresses and new outfits and new shoes for uh, weddings, which were now taking place during the week and not just at the weekends. And Ascot was back and Henley was back yeah. and the whole thing. So we had a very, very strong summer. And that is despite um, some really difficult supply chain challenges across the industry, clearly brought about with the terrible war in Ukraine. Sure. So that, you know, so on one side, we had some very strong demand side driven sales. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, we did have, you know, challenges around cost base and, uh, and, and supply. Now, we're very, we're, we're fortunate in one sense that three quarters of all our products are made in Europe. Okay. Um, so it's not being shipped all over the world, which was one of the challenges around getting containers and various other things. But clearly, we've had you know we've had the same challenges around costs, yeah. which I'm sure we'll come on to. So we had a very strong first half, and then the second half has been much more a combination of moving into normal trading, and then really the cost of living starting to bite, which is what we've seen, I think, across the industry in the last two or three months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, clearly, certain retailers have found that pinch sharper than others but it's definitely there and you know the consumer is you know she's she's strapped um because she's got pressures on her you know limited funds mm-hmm. uh, from all different kind of areas um not least of which eating food etc sure. that puts everything else under pressure sure well that feeds quite nicely into the first prediction um so darren cast your mind back the start of this year you made four predictions i've gone back and counted them um and i know sometimes mapping out the next month can be tricky let alone the next 12 but they are quite interesting to reflect on um 
So at the start of this year in January, you, you said you felt optimistic and fairly confident at the start of the year looking forward. Um, obviously, it's tricky to predict world events that, that, are, that are totally out of our control. It sounds like a few good things have come to fruition. Was, was that confidence justified? Well, we are going to have had our best year for probably a decade from a profit, profitability point of view. So in that sense, it's been very good. Now, I think what we would acknowledge, and I will be acknowledging when we deliver our results early next year, mm-hmm. is that the pent-up demand has flattered the profitability of the business. Okay. Um, so that early, so I was feeling very confident, very optimistic, and that came to fruition. Um, now that, as I say, that early optimism has sort of sadly fallen away sure. for the challenge that is the cost of living crisis. So we've had it's been a real roller coaster this year because I think we all thought coming out of COVID in the early part of the year that we would get to some kind of normality. Right. And, you know, there was some good indicators there with relatively full employment. There were some supply chain challenges, but it looked like they were starting to unlock. And all of a sudden, you know, sadly, the war in Ukraine has, has created lots of other different difficulties that we, I think nobody really predicted at the, at the time. So, yeah, so um, I suppose, you know, the first one I got, you know, I, I was on the money, really. <laughs> so we did have a good year. I'll give you that one. Well, we're one for one. So if you want to just you know, call it quits there and stop the recording. I think we should call it quits at that. I think that'd be ideal. Well, one of the other things you mentioned was that it would be a good year for British brands, given the, the esteem and the reputation that, that being a British brand has overseas. Has that played out as you expected it to? It's probably not been as strong as um, we'd originally anticipated. Okay. In part because of some of the supply chain issues, in part because some of the cost of living crisis, you know, is not unique to the UK. It's just as prevalent around the world. Yeah. Lots of people lost a big market in Russia. Lots of people lost that. That was a reason. It wasn't a big market for me. I didn't have any supply there. Okay. But for many, it was a big uh, market. Yeah. Um, I I still maintain that that this British brands. Uh, have a unique place around the world interesting and people associate them with quality mm-hmm. uh, integrity and uh, heritage which they value greatly mm-hmm. and given the challenges that we're going to have in the UK it's going to be more and more important for those brands to be able to exploit the international element yeah, definitely uh, of their business because I think we're all going to find the UK market, challenging in the next 12 months and it looks like it's going to be a a good year a good 2023 for luxury fashion and luxury retail i think so and and again i think that's a byproduct of you know coming out of lockdown and people wanting again to be seen and out and about and you know that's had a profound impact on our business in the early part of this financial year for sure sure and and you've seen you know some of the profits of those businesses being very strong for this year yeah. but you don't have to look far to see some of the challenges that we've already had in 2022 yeah. as we come to the back end of it you know and people like jewels and made.com i mean these are good these are good businesses yeah you know these are not you know they're not built on sand these businesses but they're good strong businesses with good strong management teams and unfortunately the economic circumstances have meant that you know, they've 
found it unable to continue to operate yeah. profitably. And yes, they may well manifest themselves in a different guise in the coming months, but for all intents and purposes, you know, they're going to be significantly reduced, whatever, whatever it, whatever their new incarnation looks like. Of course. And unfortunately, I think that's probably an indicator of what we're likely to see as we go into 23. In terms of more companies going under? For sure. I think okay. the more more companies are going to either go through some kind of process, whether it's a CVA or an administration. And I just cannot see 23 being anything other than a very, very difficult year for many. And blimey. And, you know, for those that have got no balance sheet strength, mm-hmm. you know, they're really in trouble, e- even the good ones. And the problem is, you know, we've all, you know, we've, Retail's been challenging in lots of ways for the last decade or two. Sure, but I think this I think this particular set of challenges is going to be very difficult, and partly because some of the idiosyncrasies of what's going on mean that it doesn't conform to the norms. But it's going to be a challenging time for sure. And then taking a step away, taking a step back from for the economic, the the financial lens. Your final two predictions were more people-focused. So you mentioned at the start of this year that your view on working from home had changed. You now saw it as a, as a force for good and a real asset to employees and businesses. Is that still the case? I think so. And I think, you know, we're now, we're, we're now operating in a way where we're trying to find the balance. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure we've found that final balance yet. Um, but the reality is I think working from home is here to stay. Yeah. I think it's here to stay long term. I think the dynamics of the workplace and the workforce have changed and people not only expect it, but demand it. It's meant people can um, live further afield Mm -hmm. um, because they're not traveling in on a daily basis. And so we found that it's worked very effectively for us as an organization. Good. We don't have to have such a larger head office to accommodate everybody. Uh, so there's lots. So there's benefits for the business. There's benefits for the individuals. For both, yeah. Now there are some de- there are some downsides to it, and we're starting to understand those. So, for example, you know, um, onboarding new employees, yeah. um, more junior members of the team being mm-hmm. exposed to more senior people, it would often happen by Naturally. accident yeah. in a in an office environment, or um, they would pick up on things that were going on. Yeah. Um, or they'd get exposure just through the day-to-day operation of the business. So that doesn't happen as much. So we've got to find ways in which we can fill those gaps okay. in an effective way yeah. because we want people to have you know, successful and fulfilling careers. Sure. And in order to do that, we need to show some flexibility about how we operate and how we work. We've got to think of new ways of doing things and new ways of uh, engaging with our teams. But... The reality um, is, George, is that almost 100% of my employees do some form of working from home, stroke, working from the office. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned working from home and, and how employees and, and prospective candidates sort of expect it as standard for jobs in the current day. Um, at the start of this year, you said that you felt the power dynamic between employees and employers sat firmly with employees in that you know they could demand more and that organizations would have to work harder to motivate and, and retain their employees has that played out as you expected it to this year yeah i mean i think the 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 dynamics um of the employment market are such that um, 
and rightly, by the way, this, that I think the power dynamic has been very much in the favour of the employee rather than the employer, to use those terms for now. Um, and the reality is that most board rooms are, you know, a chunk, a significantly bigger chunk of their time is spent thinking about what they need to do to ensure a um, a, a happy and constructive workforce sure. than perhaps they did two, three, four, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good because it's making us all think about, well, what are the kind of things that we need to do? Yeah. And they are not all just pay. And that's clear. You know, people's expectation is not just about pay. They, you know, they expect organisations to behave in a responsible and uh, manner, not just to the employees but to the environment to third parties so you know it's made i think it's made for a better working environment okay and it's made organizations rethink how they deal with, with people sure and, and that can only be in the long term jobs that can only be a good thing so whatever happens with you know you know maybe we will see more in employment in the next 12 18 24 months but the reality is you know the challenge remains for all organisations recruiting and retaining high quality individuals. Perfect. Well, we've alluded a few times to to feelings towards 2023 and ideas of what might happen. Your your 2022 predictions, it feels like they were pretty spot on. Um, so, so well done on those. I wasn't a million miles away, I don't think, John. And then it feels like I'd almost be doing a disservice to any listeners out there by not asking if you've got any overarching expectations or, or views on the next 12 months? Um, any thoughts at all? I genuinely think this is going to be the most difficult year for most people who currently work in retail. Right. I think it's going to be super difficult. And, and, and the reasons for that are we're being hit in all sides. So normally when you've got a recession, you normally don't have high inflation. Okay. Yeah, And you don't normally have a very tight um uh, workforce in recent years you've also not had very tight money supply because um, you know it's been one of the tools used by governments to ease the pressure on the economy sure so for many people they've never seen it they've never experienced the consequences of a recession and me included really and i and i'm 55 <laughs> you know so I, i'm not just out of university i've been working a long time yeah and there have been you know, there was the financial crisis, sure. which was in 08. You know, we had, uh, in the early 2000s, we had the um, property market had a, a correction or crash, depending on your perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in the Thatcher government in the north, which had many challenges associated oh, with it. I can imagine. Um, but I think for a lot of people, we've not really, we've not had the kind of pressures that people are genuinely feeling now. No. And those pressures are really are only going to get more difficult. And equally, they're not restricted to, you know, traditionally what we might have thought as lower income groups and thought, well, they're the ones that are going to really struggle. You know, I think there's plenty of people struggling or or will find it more, will find it difficult, uh, you know, on 60, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 pound a year. I I think that's for sure. Because, you know, if if you work in London and you're on six figure salary and you've got yourself, you know, a flat and borrowed half a million quid, then it you're going to find it tight when you come to remortgaging it. And I get 
I get perhaps there's not a lot of sympathy for people who earn those kind of salaries, but the reality is those people are going to be affected as well. So, I mean, this is going to, I think it's going to be really, really tight. If the majority of your income is spent on housing, whether it's renting or mortgage, heating and food, it just means you've got less and less disposable income. Sure. You know, we, we rely on that disposable income being spent in retail and there's so many other places to spend it. So I do think, and, and I think if, if Jules and made.com are an indicator of what 23 might be, then I think that that basically says it's going to be bloody difficult, to be honest. Now, the one thing I would say about retailers is they are very creative and imaginative. And, you know, we will do everything we can to work around this and through it, um, both supporting our people, supporting suppliers, supporting other stakeholders. But I think we have to acknowledge that there's going to be some blood on the carpet and it's going to be tough. But equally, I think the things we talked about a year ago, so making sure you've got the best people, motivating them, you know, all those things are not only just as important, but become more important when the business is more challenged because mm-hmm. it's, it's important that you become more focused. Sure. So, you know, retailers have got to be careful they don't buy too much, you know. So there's lots of things that we can do to, to look to mitigate those, those headwinds. But those headwinds are going to be turbulent for sure and affect all income groups, I'm afraid to say. It sounds like a situation where uh, if retailers can make it through 2023, although it won't be plain sailing afterwards by any means, it'll it'll stand them in good stead for whatever comes next. I think so. Because the the one thing about the, and everyone says, oh yeah, but the pandemic, you know, everything was closed. But the one thing I would say about the pandemic is the level of government support, whether, you know, forget whether you think the government did a good job or not, but the level of government support that went to businesses and that very, very few businesses went into any retail businesses, went into any admin process at all during COVID because the government were playing your employee's salary to a large degree and you were getting the money. You didn't have any rates and you couldn't be evicted from your property. So it meant that, you know, if nothing else, you were able to tread water. Well, suddenly you've got the full weight pretty much next year of, full employment costs, full rent, full rates. Um, So it's going to be a challenging time for everybody. Well, Darren, as always, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show to talk about your insights and views, especially for the year ahead, which sounds quite challenging. Yeah, there'll be a bit of fun as well. Well, You know, it is is work, so you've got to enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, do something else. Well, exactly. And, And hopefully some light at the end of the tunnel as well. Darren, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Josh. Take care.